This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Comicast? Sure. It's Comicast. That's the one. Comma like comedy. Select comic books. Oh, you're listening to the two-headed nerd comics clash by Matt and Joe? Welcome to episode 40 of THN! 40? I've never done anything for 40 weeks in a row. Where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, November 2nd. My name is Matt Baum, and I should mention that we had to take a week off so I could help my main wiener man, DJ, move Legend Comics into its new digs. But when I wasn't doing that, I was writing about and appraising comics for WorkPoint.com. I'm not even going to address the fact that you called me a wiener man. This man has never seen better off <laughs> And I'm Joe Patrick, artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online, and my hammy hocks are still killing me from moving the comic shop that I manage, Legend Comics, in Omaha, Nebraska. This week, THM reviews the first post-Fear Itself one-shot Captain America 7.1. There's a colon in there somewhere. Fear Itself colon 7.1 colon Captain America. From Marvel and Seven Warriors, number one from Boom. Then, we'll take Kyle Busch to the wall to see how he likes it while reviewing ten comics in the ludicrous speed round. NASCAR, that's a sports reference I get. We'll eat psychedelic mushrooms in the THN sweat lodge with our spirit animals while we talk about some of next week's comics. And finally, we'll sit way too damn close to our giant TV in the THN man cave slash theater and rap about what nerds will be watching this month in the November edition of Nerd TV. All that and more on this week's episode, but before we get to all that confusing and poorly executed metaphor, let's just accept that Justin Bieber is a good kid, and he would never have sex with a 19-year-old floozy in a bathroom. That bitch is crazy. Now, let's talk about this week's big news. Our lead story this week contains huge spoilers for the Fear Itself series, including this week's Fear Itself 7.1 So consider this your official spoiler warning. It isn't the U.S. agent, but I guess it's the next best thing. I suppose. (laughs) This week's Fear Itself 7.1 was full of surprises, including the revelation that Bucky survived his encounter with Sin in Fear Itself number 3, and the announcement of a new Winter Soldier ongoing series by Ed Brubaker and Butch Geist starting in early 2012. The new series will feature Bucky as an international fugitive seeking redemption for the brutal acts he committed as the Winter Soldier. We'll talk more specifics about 7.1 in our main reviews, but the bottom line is that I'm glad to see Bucky back in the Marvel Universe. Matt, what do you think? I'm a little disappointed that he's not the U.S. agent. We'll go into what happened in the book in the review in a little bit here. But this is a good thing. You know, I, th- I think it's fun. I th- they developed Bucky a little too much just to kill him. I think it'll be fun to have him back in his own series. Me too. And his death in... Uh, Halfway through the series was, like, one of my least favorite moments in that series. Yeah, and it didn't really carry a lot of weight, either. He's just like, no. who wants to live forever? Dive! And then he got killed, you know. Or that may have been Flash Gordon. I don't remember. <laughs> in other Marvel news, Nick Spencer confirmed via Twitter that Marvel Comics has canceled his upcoming Victor Von Doom series with Becky Cloonan before the first issue has seen the light of day. While details regarding the news are sparse, some news sites have linked it to Marvel's recent efforts to tighten their belts with layoffs and series cancellations. Meanwhile, Bleeding Cools reported that Marvel shelved the project because Becky Cloonan was unable to produce any art for the series beyond the first three covers due to family problems. Bleeding Cool founder Rich Johnson promptly removed this story, stating that he was receiving contradictory information from trusted sources about the matter. The bottom line is Victor Von Doom is canceled, at least for now. And we may never know why. Joe? That's sad. I was looking forward to that book quite a bit. I was too. I think it's kind of odd that the idea that Marvel didn't uh, receive any art from Becky Cloonan seems like something that would have been a problem 
earlier than one week before the issue was supposed I'm to be I'm saying released. there's something else going on here. I think there probably is some family issues. It would not surprise me if she contacted Rich and said, can you do me a favor as one professional to another and take this down? And he did. Well, see... And, and if that's the case, I totally understand. It seems to me that he's publishing these reports without much confirmation. And he's never done anything like that before. Never. It's amazing. I know. <laughs> he's the TMZ of comics. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, it's sad. I was really looking forward to this book, and uh, Nick Spencer is also really upset about it. And he's hoping that the project is not dead, just on hold for All now. of this leads me to believe that we will see it in the future. I have a feeling there is something personal going on. And and you know we'll what? See. We don't need to know that. I, I don't want to know. This and is just a free information. If there is something, I hope everything is okay. And whether it's Clunan or Spencer, I hope we're all happy. And someday we get to see this series. Absolutely. Finally, a bit of sad news about a much-beloved creator, Nexus artist Steve Rude, was arrested last week after an ongoing dispute with neighbors led to a physical altercation. In order to cover bail and legal fees, prices on many of Rude's original art pieces and commissions were drastically lowered on his website. Fortunately, Rude was able to make bail and was set to be released on Wednesday. Now, in a Facebook message posted Tuesday evening, Rude's wife, Janelle, said, quote, Thank you to everyone. We were able to make bail, but Steve won't be released until morning. Now we have to pay for the legal counsel so he doesn't end up back doing hard time, hard time, <laughs> hard time. for trying to keep his sanity. Breaking big rocks into little rocks. <laughs> all he, wearing the striped suit. This is serious. All he wants to do is, all he wants is to be left alone to create his art, not harassed by people who call the police on our kids because a frisbee ended up in their yard. Just like the Hulk. There are a number of Rude's original art pieces available on eBay now, as well as on his site, steverudeart.com, and you might want to just give him a look-see. Now, though Root has had his share of troubles over the past year, and we don't know the full story behind the arrest, we only know the dude's side right now, uh, there is no denying that Steve Root is an amazing talent, and we here at THN wish for all the best for the Root family and with the hope that they can make it through this uh, tough patch. That said, don't. That's, I'm going to do it, okay? He's got... Kind of Don't a history. kick the man while he's I'm down. I'm not kicking him while he's down. I'm saying Aren't there you? may be something to this. You're, he's, he's known as a temperamental guy. He's an artist. Well, this other, stuff happens. He's it's he's admitted that he's been suffering from depression and all that stuff. But no, and I hope the best for the guy too. Yeah, really, I'm not saying he doesn't have a volatile personality, but you know, this is a it's whether or whatever his personality is, it sucks that he got drug away in costume by the cops on Halloween. So faux show. All not the best shoe. to the Rudes. Hope everything works out. Do you realize uh, this is the part where I play a music bump that has something to do with what we're talking about? So it's going to be like something about kicking the crap out of somebody. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. That is this week's big news. If you want to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, hit us up on our Facebook page where DJ and I have been shooting down paternity suits like it is our damn job. I ain't nobody's baby daddy. That baby don't even look like me. <laughs> Review time is here, and as always, Joe and I tied our hands together and broke beer bottles to stab each other to see who goes first, and Joe won. So, nobody well, stabs better than me. While I sew my guts back into my stomach, Joe, why don't you tell these kids what you read? My pick for this week, as we mentioned at the top of the show, was Fear Itself 7.1, colon, Captain America, or Captain America 7.1, whatever you want to call it. Let's just go ahead and say from here on out, if there is a colon in your title, we will be announcing it on THM. <laughs> That's right. We will the colon will be pronounced. The colon is pronounced. Uh, this book is by Ed Brubaker. I believe that is the title of this week's episode, too. <laughs> Pronouncing the colon. <laughs> this is by Ed Brubaker with art by Butch Geist and coloring 
a color artist, Betty Brightweiser. And I love those Brightweisers, man. Those Brightweisers. <clears throat> this book opens up with Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers, I should say, uh, kind of reminiscing about uh, the past and specifically his time with Bucky and the events leading up to his... Which we ha- we haven't seen a lot of that in the pages of Captain America recently. <laughs> Not a lot. They just never touch on that World War II stuff. And the events leading up to his alleged death in Fear Itself number three. And so as this little montage of scenes is playing, he's kind of going over his eulogy because the wake is coming up. And this is like the first time we've had a chance to see Captain America actually mourning for his friend. Yeah. Because there's no time in Fear Itself. He was just mad. And uh, so we promptly get a visit from Nick Fury, who reveals, surprise, Bucky did not die. They whisked him away from the scene, and when Iron Man came to discover that Bucky had quote-unquote died, he had been replaced by an LMD that Nick had ready to go, because if you'll remember... Is that silly? No. It's not? Because in the pages of Captain America, prior to Fear Itself, you'll remember that Bucky was in the gulag. I got that. And uh, Nick Fury had this LMD ready and waiting I'm not saying, to swap him out from the gulag. Silly. I'm saying, is it silly that Iron Man, of all people, shows up and does not pick up that, like, hey, this isn't uh, Bucky Barnes. This is an LMD. LMDs, man. I get They're it. made to fool everybody. Iron Man? You bet. They fool Iron Man. Sure. Really. Nick Fury has sends LMDs to do his own dirty work. I realize that if it's not a scroll, it's an LMD. Yeah, man. In the pages of Marvel Undetectable Comics. duplicate. I'm just saying. <clears throat> anyway, we'll move on. So, yeah, the premise is that Nick Fury had this LMD waiting to go to rescue Bucky from the Gulag. Instead, he uses it to substitute it for a dead Bucky Captain America. They murder the LMD. <laughs> right. LMDs have feelings, you guys. Yeah, I guess. Uh, by the way, LMD, life model decoy. Yes, thank you. I'm very sorry for We can't for just our... pretend like everybody knows. Oh, I know. Not everyone is like us. Yeah, we have friends that listen to this just to hear us make fun of each other. They, they're <laughs> like, God, these guys are lame. So we've got this scene where the Black Widow and Nick Fury are, are conspiring to save Bucky, replace him with this LMD, and the reason that they didn't tell Captain America right away is because they weren't sure he was going to survive. He's got a big mouth, too. Yeah. Steve, you'd probably squawk about it there. Well, everybody. they were going to tell him. You can't tell that guy anything. <laughs> At the time, he was in the middle of fighting this war in fear itself, and there was no time to distract him with his news. And then after that, they were not sure that Bucky was going to survive. And they kind of insinuate that he needed Cap to be Cap and win this damn war. Yeah, exactly. And if he wasn't as mad as he was... He might not have been as badass as he was. Yeah, so it's very gross, like, cold, very Nick Fury. Yeah, and Nick I like Fury it. manipulation, uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. And so the only hope for Bucky at this point is the last dose of the Infinity Formula, which is what keeps Nick Fury. Let's let's hail and hearty. This is what I need to talk about. What does this mean? So they give Bucky the Infinity first, the Infinity Formula. What is it? Let's spell it out. The Infinity Formula was a, an attempt to replicate the Super Soldier Serum. Right. It's similar, but not as good. It is what has stopped Nick Fury from aging, right. essentially. It's why Nick Fury has survived this long, even though he was a fully grown man in World but War Nick II. But Nick Fury, not able to pick up cars and jump off buildings and stuff. Right. And like, a little more badass than your average guy. Sure. And doesn't age. Well, yeah. Like So, like I said, it's, it's like the Super Soldier Serum, just not as effective. So, Bucky, not going to be a Super Soldier now. Still a badass, but probably won't be aging. Yeah, we'll have to see. Okay, which I'm okay with. The real drama there is that this is the last batch. I don't know why they can't make more. And Nick does say, I haven't had to use that stuff for like a decade. Right. But 
so there's also the potential there that now Nick Fury could get older and die. There might have some ramifications. He's not there. the Highlander anymore. <clears throat> He's there can be only one. Yeah. And it's Bucky. So it all takes us to the time, the big confessional point where everyone finds out. Well, not everyone, but Captain America is let in on the on the news, and it ends with Bucky still a fugitive. Because of that whole gulag thing. Well, let's not forget that Cap beats the crap out of Nick Fury. <laughs> it's true. Out. Cap has been sick of Nick Fury's crap for years now and has never liked the way that Nick Fury does things, nor understood it. And that's a that's a really well-written moment right. by Brubaker, where Cap's first reaction is to punch him in the face. Yeah, and I think out. that was a very genuine moment where... I liked that a lot. I thought a, it was a well A grieving done. Captain America is reacting to yeah. this cold manipulation. And, and really well-written dialogue in that really part, too. Liked I it. bought that fight. So they basically where the book takes us is Bucky back on the road. He riding off into the lonely sunset like Bruce Banner in the Incredible Hulk TV show. Or Kane from Kung Fu. Or Kane from Kung Fu. And he's going off to right the wrongs that he committed as the Winter Soldier. And the at the last page is the big announcement. Boom, coming in 2012. The Winter Soldier. Number one ongoing series by Ed Brubaker and Butch Geis. And I am super excited. Yeah, it looks good. As a Fear Itself epilogue or tie-in or whatever, I was not looking forward to it. I was done with Fear Itself. Yeah, all these point one issues. In fact, I think people, we would be less sour to this had this just been another issue of Captain America. Like a Captain America special. A post-Fear Itself. A one-shot. Or not even a special one-shot. Just an issue in between what's going sure, on right sure. now in the regular Cap. Well, I think they needed to get it out. Captain America's in mid-story right now, so I think they needed to get it out. Double-sized issue where you get your Cap story, and then we get this is a backup. It costs six bucks. I mean, sure. Uh, uh, regardless, so if you can just distance yourself from the fact that it's a quote-unquote tie-in and enjoy it for the story, I think you guys would really like this book. I really enjoyed it. The art in this book is gorgeous. As, as much as I enjoyed Steve Epting as a Captain America artist, I have to think Butch Geis might be my favorite uh, because it's got this kind of old-school feel to it. A lot of it looks like Jim Steranko, yeah, kind of weird psychedelic you know, panels within panels and images superimposed onto things. Side note, Butch Geis, Jackson Geis. Same guy? Same guy. People. Same okay. guy. Man. Uh, I don't know why they call him Butch. I know. But uh, this is a gorgeous book. It's beautifully colored by Betty Brightweiser. It's a tie-in, sort of, but who cares? It was a great story, and it's a great lead-in to the Winter Soldier ongoing series. I'm giving this book a very strong buy it. I was pleasantly surprised. I am too. I think people need to get over the fact that this was a point one. I know a lot of people did not enjoy the point ones. This one was well executed. It may have been better as a backup story in Cap as an intro to the Winter Soldier number one. And I would think of it as that. Think of this as the prelude to Winter Soldier number one. Yeah, in fact, when it's collected, Definitely I bet you it's collected in Winter Soldier volume one. I'll bet it is too, but I'm giving it a strong buy it. I also really enjoyed it. It was a great book. Matt, tell the kids what you read this week. I read Seven Warriors, number one, from Boom Comics, written by Michael Boom Le Gally, and with art by Francis Manipole. This was actually a French graphic novel that was released in 2008 called, here we go, Sept Guerriers. That is Seven Warriors. <laughs> exactly. That has been translated and reprinted by Boom as a three-issue miniseries. Here's, I'll just give you a little bit of solicitation, because I'm not going to do it justice. Step into the world of Seven Warriors. Read and- it in French. And Fowler, Seven Beautiful Women in their 6th century Libya. Stop reading it in French. The capital of an ancient nation is surrounded by the Persian and Byzantine armies, and only these seven soldiers are chosen to save the heir to the kingdom. Seven warriors. Seven. Sexy. 
gorgeous women. Was that part of the solicitation? That was there. Oh. I, I remember hearing about this graphic novel back in 2008, and I thought I remembered hearing that it was going to come a lot sooner than it did, but for some reason... It took until 2012 to translate <laughs> French, which I know is a lost and forgotten language. It's but, one of the dead languages. Yeah, nobody speaks French. But Boom did a really good job. Uh, the art here is definitely a younger Francis Manipal. It's still very impressive. It's very lush, well-rendered characters and backgrounds. But it's not the Manipal that I've gotten used to. It's not what I, I was... Right. The sort of cartoony, stripped-down Manipal that's been working on The Flash, mm-hmm. which is just gorgeous. Now... To be fair, he sort of developed that style recently, the past couple of years. Right. This was back when he still kind of had this Michael Turner sort of look to what he does. Yeah, he would have been, he probably would have been working at Top Cow yeah. right, right around this time. And not to speak ill of Michael Turner, but this is what Michael Turner wishes he could have been. My only complaint here, well, I have two slight complaints. One being that I will say a lot of the female warriors did look very similar aside from their hair color. Right. And everybody looks very white. Very European to me. Not Middle Eastern. Uh, see, and I thought that... This is Libya. <laughs> I know? thought that some of them had kind of like olive complexions and Some stuff. of the males yeah. did, I guess. But they did not look... This didn't look Middle Eastern. They could have told me this was set in 6th century France, and I wouldn't have noticed. They'd have to change the names a little bit. My other complaint... Boom shrank the panels. This was obviously printed in a different format. It looks like a widescreen sort of graphic novel format. I don't know for certain. But they shrank the panels to fit into a comic book. And in doing so, they crushed everything so much that you lose a lot of the really nice detail that Manipal had in his art back then. I I mean, I would argue he overdrew some of this. It, It was really pretty to look at. But it's so crushed. Even on the page... You've got like almost an inch of clearance, an inch, maybe an inch and a half of clearance on both top and bottom. Yeah, top and bottom, where it's sort of crushed in there, which I just didn't need. Let's print it in its original format. I will say, though, that I didn't notice it until you mentioned it. It it really bothered me just because I wanted to see more of it. I thought the story worked really well. Uh, The solicitation scared me a little bit, playing up the gorgeous, sexy women thing. I was worried I would. Picking up like a skin book, sort of like some of Marvel's Soleil titles got kind of Cinemax theater, you know. But it, <laughs> and that's not to say that they're bad. It's just different. European comics are different. There's a lot more sexuality in them. Typical American prudishness. Yeah, and I mean we are super prude, and when we do get nudity in our American comics, it's usually pretty just ridiculous. Ironic because he insists on recording naked. <laughs> But usually when we get, like, nudity in our books, it's posed, it's ridiculous, it's borderline pornographic. It's both butt cheeks and both breasts somehow at the same time. Twisting all the way around. But this, it works here. It's beautiful. It's part of the story. It's believable. There's nothing ridiculous about it. I apologize for saying butt cheeks. Butt cheeks. (laughs) Uh, Le Galide does a really nice job setting up the time period. They suck me right into it. I bought the embattled city. I, I understood why there's very few men around, why the prince has to be smuggled out. The warriors had good voices. The characters were really fun here. I really look forward to, to reading more of this story. That said, I'm not buying the next issue. Yeah. Because this is a dumb way to present this story. It was obviously printed in this beautiful widescreen format, and they crushed it into a comic book. I'm giving this one a skim it based on the fact that I'm waiting for the trade that they're going to put out that better be in that original widescreen format. Mm. When that comes out, full on buy it because this was really good. See, now I'm giving it a skim it, but for different reasons. Uh, The format, like I said, I didn't really notice it until you mentioned it while I was reading it. For me, it's a skim it because I'm not that interested in the subject matter. Because you hate women? No, I I just, 
this kind of you hate Middle Eastern people, <laughs> right? Sorry, no, just Middle Eastern women. Oh, Middle Eastern women. Okay, <laughs> uh, this, this sort of like you know fantasy. It's not even fantasy because it's, it's historical fiction. Yeah, I I'm just not that interested in in the story. It is well told. It's got beautiful art. All those things you said are completely true. It's just not my cup of tea. It didn't grab you. Yeah. So That's okay. I'm, I'm giving it a skim it. Uh, if you pick it for, take a look, it's in a book down the line, I'll gladly read it. But Fair enough. I will probably be skipping the rest of the series. So that is a double buy it for Fear Itself, 7.1 colon Captain America, and a double skim it for Seven Warriors. Although I will say it was a good read. Yeah, Again. Absolutely. As always, we want to know your opinions of these comics we reviewed, so hit us up on our Facebook page and let us know just how stupid and childish our opinions on these comics really are. It's time once again for Matt and I to bathe ourselves in experimental chemicals and deliver electric shocks to the groin until we merge with the Speed Force while reviewing 10 comics at speed so fast, this segment can only be called... The Ludicrous Speed Round! Ludicrous Speed! Go! Uncanny X-Men, number one! Uh, the first Uncanny X-Men since 1963. First um, number one, that is, since 1963. Right. I wanted to be a little more wowed. It wasn't Carlos Pacheco's art was good, but kind of weird. It was okay. And this seems like a brand new Mr. Sinister to me. I don't know. He's never really been, like, the arcade carnival type. I'm still giving it a buy it. I'm going to read more. All right. Heart, number one. Uh, again, a book that was well told with good art. I could give a crap about mixed martial arts. You don't want to read UFC comics? I don't. Uh, good job, guys, but I got to give it a skim it. Moon Knight, number seven. Uh, Moon Knight is really gaining steam and kind of growing on me. At first, I started to wonder where they were going with this book. Now I'm totally digging it. Art is perfect as always. Brian Michael Bendis doing a great job writing a crazy person. More Moon Knight, <laughs> please. Buy it. Strange Talent of Luther Strode, number two. Oh, this book was amazing. Yeah, it was great. It was the best use of beef jerky in a comic book that I have ever read. (laughs) Beautiful art, great story, buy it. Dark Shadows, number one. I felt like I wandered into a meeting of the Dark Shadows fan club and had no clue what was going on. I never watched Dark Shadows. The art here was good. The story wasn't bad, but again... I had no idea what was happening here. Good if you like Dark Shadows, maybe. Not so much for me. I'm giving it a leave it. Ah. Six Guns, number one. The the return of Andy Diggle. Yeah, Andy Diggle doing kind of a modern-day Western. I think it's supposed to be modern takes on, like, the two-gun kid and that sort of thing. We haven't gotten to that quite yet, but I had a lot of fun with this issue. Uh, great art by the guy who drew Daredevil Reborn, whose name is so Italian, I can't even remember it. I will not even try. <laughs> Uh, but I liked it a lot. Uh, give it a look. Buy it. X-Men, number 20. Uh, another X-Men Regenesis uh, issue. I barely this cared. This book is so pointless. I'm not sure what Victor Gishler is doing here. I understand they're trying to give everyone a super, an X-Men superhero book to read that doesn't necessarily tie into anything else. But this one does tie into other stuff, and I barely cared. I'm giving it a skim at best. Joe Patrick said it off the air, but it's true. Victor Gishler is the new Frank Thierry. <laughs> Infinite Vacation, number three. Uh, This book is super late. I almost completely forgot what was going on. It is all over the place. I don't know if Nick Spencer really knows what kind of story he's telling. It's got weird actual photo art and text, and it's too bizarre, and it took a really dark turn. I got to give it a skim it. Stormwatch, number three. I still don't love this book. They're trying so hard. I still don't love it. it. There was a little too much of people standing in rooms, like, looking at me and going, I'm doing this right now, instead of, like, <laughs> actually showing it being done. 
the, the moon fight seems kind of ridiculous, and they're just using it as a chance to show us how badass the Midnighter is going to be in the next issue. I'm giving this a lead. Whoa. I think I might be done with this one. Whoa. Peanuts, number zero. New stories uh, authorized by the Schultz estate. It's super fun. It's only a dollar. You have to have a heart made out of coal to not buy this comic book. Buy it! Scrack! Right? Scrack? Sure. That's the ludicrous speed round, and scrack is the sound a machete makes when it hits Batwing's electrified armor. Yeah, there you go. I was going to review Batwing, too, and forgot to put it in there. It was number three. not from this week. <laughs> that, yeah, Batwing number three came out this week. Did it? You bet it did, Oh, buddy. man, I stopped paying attention yeah. so long ago. You missed it. Now it's time to wade into the astral plane led by our spirit animal, a two-headed pink glowing cobra, and peer into the future as we talk about some comics coming next week. Matt, what's your pick? It was kind of a skimpy week next week. I went not, that's not to say I'm not excited about this one. Kirby Genesis, Silver Star, number one, written by Jai Nitz. Jai Nitz. With art by Johnny D. There you go. Who may or may not be Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon. I don't know. It is the off season. I don't know what that guy's doing. He's a baseball player. I love Kirby Genesis. I love all these wacky characters. The Silver Star has the dumbest uniform I've ever seen. (laughs) Really, like right up there with Polaris. Wait, is it dumber than Captain Victory in that weird ass haircut? It's pretty damn dumb. Mm. It's Polaris bad. I'm going to say it. And... I love it. I love the way Don't he Don't pick looks. on Polaris. She's crazy. She's had the worst outfits ever. <laughs> but this one's going to be, I think this one's going to be fun. And I hope it's not as watered down as all the Project Superpowers like miniseries got, which just made me lose all interest in that series. Mm, yeah. What are you excited for, Joey? Well, uh, I am most excited for Avenging Spider-Man number one by Zeb Wells and Joe Matarera. And it is another new... <laughs> he spelled un- it phonetically. By yeah, it. because I had to look it up. Like, I cannot say Madurera. <laughs> ma, ma, ma. That's an old internet ma, joke ma, for you uh, old uh, people. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, every time you pronounce it, you say Maduria. So I do. I, I wrote it. that out for your benefit. Oh, please. Uh, this is a, a new spotty ongoing. It's Zeb Wells, who I really enjoy, and Joe Maduria, who, despite everything... I still kind of enjoy. I can't do it anymore. Listen, Ultimus Three was bad, but I don't think it was his fault mostly. Oh, I can't handle it. <laughs> I can't pronounce Bacaruda. Yeah, well, look, man, try this. Say back. The first week of the month means it's time for Nerd TV! Where we're rapping about what nerds are watching in November. Joe, grab the mic and let's start with the big screen. Next Friday, uh, November 11th. Which is next Friday. (laughs) This coming Friday, November 11th, get ready for The Awakening. The story of a skeptic trying to expose the truth. Behind child ghost sightings at a boarding school. Yeah, buddy. What? In post-World War One England. That's heavy. <laughs> directed by Stephen Volk, who brought us the BBC series Primeval. Also heavy, and I loved it. Mm. And Melancholia, starring the unattractive Kristen Dunst. Do not put words in my mouth. She's unattractive. Uh, She's she got weird teeth, chicklet, man. Chiclet teeth. Uh, Kristen Dunst in a story about two sisters' strained relationship, further complicated by a planet. That's about to collide with the Earth. Really? That's not, what this movie is about? Not making this up. Wow. This one's directed by Lars von Trier, who gave us the feel-good comedy Antichrist. 
Christ. Which is not a feel-good comedy. Do not watch it thinking you're going to get that. Do not watch it Good at all. Lord, it was, uh, it was Also, heavy. Immortals, starring a bunch of ripped-up British dudes, and your future Superman, you Henry Cavill, and Mickey Rourke, your previous uh, Whiplash. Yes. <laughs> In a trippy and possibly gayer version of 300. I, I, man, it's definitely movie, gayer. This movie looks just like wackadoo. <laughs> that, is the, that is the only adjective I could give it. And I'm excited. Yeah, oh boy. On Friday the 18th, I can't believe I'm reading these words, Twilight, Breaking Dawn Part 1. We're just giving the information to the people. Promises to water down the story of what happens when Kristen Stewart has a vampire baby claw its way out of her skinny vegan belly. Yeah, that should just be a gore fest. If she doesn't explode <laughs> in blood and guts in the end, like I, not that I care, but I'll go see it if she does. <laughs> On Wednesday the 23rd, Martin Scorsese's first children's movie, Hugo, the story of an orphan living in the walls of a train station in 1930s Paris who finds out his dad might have been a robot. <laughs> what? Yeah. And also the new Muppet movie. Hey! It's, they both hit the big screen. And they both look great. Both those look great. On the small screen, get ready for new episodes of American Horror Story on FX, which everyone should be watching because it is I've got awesome. them all saved up. I just need it to is, pull a trigger. It's going to scare you so bad you're going to pee. Oh. The Vampire Diaries, The Secret Circle, which is about witches on the CW. Never heard of it. Person of Interest, Fringe, which ends this month, by the way, already. Like, didn't Fringe just start? They're only on, like, episode seven. It's listed as a finale in November, and then it's going to, like, take a few months off and Maybe come back. Maybe it's a mid-season finale. Dumb. A Gifted Man on CBS, which is supposed to be great, but rumored to be canceled. Grimm, Once Upon a Time, the two Fables ripoffs they are on <laughs> right now. Sanctuary, Supernatural, and the finale of Bedlam, which is about a haunted insane asylum, and on BBC, so it's probably pretty good. Haven't seen it. Also... New episodes of The Walking Dead, Terra Nova, which is so nerdy that I I can't watch it. The premiere of the sci-fi movie, Rage of the Yeti, and the return of Primeval, both on Saturday the 12th. Rage of the Yeti. Rage, which we were referring to as Rage of the Gay Yeti. You, you, think, being a, you, you think, think being a gay black guy is bad? Try being a gay Yeti. <laughs> I don't know if that's it's award-winning stuff. Over at Netflix, The Warrior's Way about kung fu badasses and cowboys versus ninjas in the old west. Kevin Smith's Red State, eh. a horror story about a Westboro Baptist-style cult. Nicholas Cage's amazing season of the witch, a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a whopping ten percent. The Last Exorcism, Ang Lee's Hulk from two thousand and three, which I would have bet money was already on there. Yeah. Uh, Midnight Chronicles, which is apparently based on an RPG. Yeah, help us out here, RPG nerds. We don't know anything we, about that. We play D&D, &D and that's about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Ooh, The Captains, a documentary about the captains of the USS Enterprise. I'm going to watch this, yes. and I'm going to cry. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Carpenter's The Ward. Straight to DVD, I think. And Machete Maidens Unleashed, which sounds like a porno. Uh, but it is actually a documentary about the 1970s horror films made in the Philippines. That's going to be great. That's Philippines. It is going to be great. And on Netflix TV, you can catch up on the first season of Walking Dead. So you can start watching the second season. Catch up on How the Universe Works, which is narrated by Dirty Jobs' Mike Rowe. And Into the Universe with Stephen Hawking, which was awesome. Was it narrated by Stephen Hawking? Uh, well, they kind of had this, like, British robot voice. But they did have his robot voice melding with it. Oh, so. Huh. The Colony, which is a pseudo-reality show that follows a group of survivors in a post-apocalyptic America, seasons one through five of Psych, I think season five was just added to that, seasons one and two of The Vampire Diaries, which my wife insists we have to watch because Boone from Lost is in it, and he's a sexy, sexy man, and <laughs> Nikita, season one, which I watched three episodes of and promptly quit. It was terrible. 
I don't watch anything on the CW at all anymore. Oh, that's not true. I watch Supernatural. There you go. The C dubs. Yeah, man. Supernatural. This season has been awesome. Yes. <laughs> As always, we want to know what you nerds are watching and all of your squishy feelings on your favorite nerdy TV shows and movies over at our Facebook page. Which I should mention hey. is now to our Facebook.com slash two headed nerd. We are official. There it is. Hey. It turns out it was way easier to do than we thought. Yeah. Sort of break it, break it down like this. That's it for episode 40 of the Two-Headed Nerd. If NASCAR and Bieber references smashed into a comic book podcast isn't schizophrenic enough for you, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes where your star ratings and reviews are the best way to let us know our childhoods weren't completely wasted absorbing all this bullshit. <laughs> if you want to help two starving nerds out, you can click our donate button at TwoHeadedNerd.com and know that your donation in any amount keeps us supplied in superhero Halloween costumes. As always, you can find all things Two-Headed and Nerdy at TwoHeadedNerd.com, where you can find our Twitter handles, links to Ask a Nerd, where you can ask us any of your comic-related questions. And don't forget, we're still taking submissions for the THN Mascot Contest. I got word of another one coming down the pipe. Oh, sweet. Yes. The winner will be voted on by you guys, and the new mascot will be featured on the new and improved TwoHeadedNerd.com. Coming soon. I'm working on it as soon as I get out of school Hey, uh, next week. If that's not enough. If that is not enough. If that is not enough for you, head over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan of THN and answer the question of the week. This week's query, with the return of so many dead heroes and villains every month, does killing characters have any weight in comics at all anymore? I'm saying no. I'm saying it doesn't. It does nothing for me anymore. Next week. We'll be answering all of your questions in our Ask a Nerd segment, so get us some questions, fools. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to everyone who thought we were canceled last week. It turns out you guys actually like us. Who knew? Yeah, people count on this crap. You believe it? Word to you guys, and until next time, true believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. Welcome back, Matt. Welcome back, DJ. Now shut this off. I gotta go do homework. And I have to poop. <laughs>